0: This is Seven Henderson. This is another episode of Department 3C Presents a podcast. Still, that's the name we're gonna work with. That's the name we're gonna go with. And we'll see feedback-wise how how it may change. But for now, that's what we're gonna roll with. So today I'm here with a co-worker, but more than a co-worker, one of my good friends, Daryl Payne. I'm going to give him a chance to introduce himself. We're going to go through the podcast the way we go through every episode with our general outline or general format. And we're just going to get into a nice conversation. So, DP, can I call you DP on the podcast? Of course or? you can. All DP, right. Sounds great. All right, DP. Um, can you introduce yourself?
1: Sure. Um, government name, Daryl Payne, uh, better known as a DP. Um, Chicago firefighter been on a job physically for eight years uh, I get into more why I say physically later um currently I'm a engineer in the fifth district we're leaving there uh, came from the truck 24 only a single truck in the entire city getting that working in the hundreds in the south side of the city um I currently uh Teach for IFSI, multiple disciplines, including high angle rescue, confined space vehicle extrication. I uh, teach for Polaris on the hazmat side with uh, radiological investigation. Currently, right now, just uh, primary and secondary uh, radiological detection. Um, also teach for NIFSTER, uh, different cornerstone classes, uh, as well as I've taught for taught CPR there I have a few candidate classes under my belt at the Quinn uh and recently just became a part of the hazmat team for USAR Illinois Task Force 1
0: man that is a resume and a half that's that's awesome that's really that's really good that's that speaks a lot to you and your motivations and how you present yourself and put forth and that's that's really what's up what made you not just want to be a firefighter but what made you want to do all of those things you just told us about oh wow that is a very
1: awesome question so the wanting to be a firefighter let's start there okay coming from where the neighborhood i came from in roseland we were not really introduced to the fire service uh in a real traditional or formal way um, there was a firehouse right behind my grandma's school, which I know now to be engine 62, truck seven, truck 27. Right. Um, I went to Curtis elementary right there on 115, uh, off state. Um, uh, and honestly, I've only been into that firehouse once before I got on the job and it was a class trip in some grade or other. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Moving forward in life, I decided to go into it. I was, um, information technology specifically networking data center engineer um and prior to me actually getting into that field in a real formal way i did the normal it thing more lower level a plus plus type things desktop stuff and as com- and things wouldn't that things happen uh the the company that i was working for at the time ended up folding i needed a job
0: okay so yeah. i
1: was given a test in 1995. the one the one Career, I knew I never wanted to be with a police officer. That was just not my thing. Mm-hmm. And when the fire test came available, I took it. Okay. Okay. Uh, I know I felt so solid. I was like, I was just waiting for a call. Like, okay, when do I start again? Didn't know the process. I right. thought, you know, you right. do a test and in two weeks you'll be working for them. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm looking in the mail and nothing happened. So I was like, okay, got to go on with my life lo and behold a whole lot of stuff happened with the city and the union and yada 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 17 years later i get a letter saying hey there's a clash action suit you are harmed which i didn't know at the time and i ended up with the job uh 17 years later okay uh, which was the absolute positive best thing that ever happened to me it was just unreal i'm i'm with that um Coming out of corporate where you actually sit five feet away from the person you want to choke to sleep every single day <laughs> is one of the most difficult things in the world. Um, to be honest, I loved IT. Okay. I, I really love what I did. I love the data center work. I kind of created my own position in that company. Um, but I only did it 20% of the day. Right. The other 80% was administration and babysitting and following up to the follow ups. And I literally have to go, had to go in at six o'clock in the morning, though I started at nine because at nine o'clock, once everybody made into the office, my desk was crowded with people badgering me for stupid stuff. I just, I I couldn't, anyway, like I was saying, getting on a job saved my life. Like it kept me out of jail from killing somebody and allowed me to go and do something that I really enjoy. Because I got on a job the way that I did, I had to figure out a way to get a 30 year career squeezed into a 17 year time frame okay so i hit the ground running i anything that came available i took advantage of it
0: okay so that that makes total sense like you said anything that comes along you take advantage of it that's exactly what that resume shows to us now you have a teenager pretty much of a career a 17 a 17 year wait. To get to where you are at as far as speaking to your time that you were here that you are here in the city now mm-hmm. how are you able to like you just talked about squeezing that time into the little bit of time that you say now how are you able to do that can you talk to us a little bit about that please well it's difficult because you're always trying to balance life uh,
1: family life work life uh being on a fire department and coming from a 40 hour a week job it became kind of easy it, mm-hmm. it was different because okay if you're looking at it you're working two days a week right with, without 24 or 48 right when you work the nine to five jobs them 40 hours are spread across five days so you're literally living for the weekend so now it was like okay i got all this extra time at least in my mind mm-hmm. i thought i did what I realized was I was so unaware and so unfamiliar with the schedule. I packed so much stuff into my life. I had less time, right? right? Literally between taking classes and teaching classes and, and going after different certifications and taking advantage of other opportunities that became available to me. Mm-hmm. Um, my family was the one that was probably losing out the most. Even though I, I, I'm very, very, very active in my kid's life it's still you could tell i was going for weeks at a time taking classes or giving classes or whatever the case may be right um so that that was probably the most difficult thing but i felt it to be a need and and now my son grows up as a first responders kid so his mentality and the way that he moves around is so different than the way i moved around right he understands my schedule matter of fact he really understands my schedule better than my wife and normally he's the person that's telling him no daddy got to work that day okay Daddy had to work that Yeah, day. so he
0: he has the calendar down. Oh,
1: without it out, and he's probably better than me because I normally have to pull out my
0: phone and say, "Oh yeah, that's a work day." He'd be and like, "He, I, he already know. I knew it already. He already have it in yeah, his brain." Yeah, you got an awesome son, by the way, too. We oh, got thank to you. spend some time together as well, and just watching him grow and do stuff is just awesome. I so. appreciate that. I appreciate that. Oh,
1: and I'm sorry, real quick. Yes terrible introduction because i forgot i am married okay <laughs> been been with my wife since i was 18 years old uh i have two kids one 25 year old girl who have blessed me with three beautiful grandsons uh four years old two year old and eight months old and then my 12 year old son who was basically just a mini me with long hair yeah so.
0: yeah <laughs> Well, we were coming along to that anyway. I mean, we were we, when I said who you just gave me the career who. This show is more than just about fire um, stuff. This 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 is about life because okay. even though we work in this service of public safety, we still have lives outside of here. And like a friend told me, we're looking for our and. So hmm. that's what that's what this show is about. That's what that's what I'm trying to promote. So. Don't worry, I was gonna hit you for okay. that. I, w- I wanted to get that extra up out you, but you
1: just in case my family hears this, they he left out the kids. So nah, right. yeah, you, you <laughs> got it. He didn't
0: forget you guys. He didn't forget you guys. So, um, you you gave us a lot. That motivation that you have is phenomenal. The that drive that you have to push yourself, and you you talk to us a little bit about that balance. G- give me a touch more for our other first responders out there that that may be having issues with that work-life balance
1: oh wow um just what do you do definitely i don't want to come off as if i had a plan because i screw this up all the time let's put it like this i have the answer i just don't necessarily follow it all the time okay Um, so the best thing to do is plan you have to schedule if you fail to plan you plan to fail period. It's real easy, real simple. If you wake up and kind of don't know what your day or your week is going to consist of, you're pretty much going to get pulled from everywhere. Um, one of the major issues with our job is because we work 24 on 48 off, people think we don't work. So you get sucked into a lot of crap that you probably shouldn't be sucked into just because they don't want to owe a heave off. Um, Depending on how busy your house is, and with me being a reliever, it, 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 it changed from yeah, changed yeah. from day to day. Yeah. Um. So again, some days I get off work and I'm recovering from that day, the previous day, and then the next day is just preparing mentally for me going back to work. So it, you you have to understand that the majority of the world do not understand what you do for a living, right? They right. really don't get it, so you have to be kind of a, you know, again, this is we we talking free, right? You got to be kind of yes. asshole to a degree when it comes to your time and your schedule. Yes, you have to put yourself in in place and put yourself first which for firefighters first responders is very difficult
0: you would be surprised most people have a problem doing that no i i completely (laughs) understand and that's that's the problems that's what i want to speak to other people with families about not even with families a single life i remember i worked with a guy and the married guys were i was single back then but all the married guys were saying oh man it's so hard it's so hard you know we, we got to spend time with our family, spend times doing uh-huh. this. And the single guy was like, what about me? I don't have anybody <laughs> to help me pay bills in the house or have something ready for me when I go home. I got to go out here and find. That's right. Do it yourself. Right. Do it yourself. So it's I don't want to make it seem like, hey, you got a family. It's tough. No for single guy. It's tough. It's tough. Either way it goes. It's, this is a very demanding career. I don't want to call it a job. This is a very demanding career and mentally physically it just sometimes it takes a lot from you
1: no doubt um speaking on that again i don't want to take off of what you're talking about you you have to be aware again outside world really don't understand what we're doing and i i truly believe it's really in the recent years they've become awareness even for first responders where we look at things that happen in the cert fire service where okay in a year's period we may have across the country 100 firefighters deaths but there's literally three times more suicides yes in the fire service so we have to look at those issues and understand or try to get an understanding of why and how our job is actually affecting us it is so important you uh, we, we're beyond the age of toughen up and the, you know suck it up and all of that hey it, we, we, we smarter than that and we need to act like we're smarter
0: than that. and again that's what this show is about so thank you I appreciate you bringing that up and saying that because suicide I talked a a bit about it on my last episode but that is like the problem that I see that I'm at least trying to start a conversation to figure it out. No um, lack of sleep, I feel like, um, plays a huge factor into that. Because you said, depending on how busy you are, you, it varies for you right now. But your two days off really aren't days off. They are really... Well, and that's just speaking for the fire aspect. Um, that's right. Our medics on our job, they work one day on and three days off. and I haven't had a chance to work that schedule because even when I did go to the end I still had just had the two days off. Mm-hmm. But... Those two days off really aren't for you to be doing. It's not like off for real. Like, <laughs> hey, 9 to five five o'clock, 5, 5 o'clock I'm off and do what I want right. to do. You have to take care of yourself. You have to find some time to sleep. You have to find some time to rest. You have to find some time to work out. You have to find That's some right. time to educate yourself. You still have to have that family time. So like I was saying, that that lack of sleep to me, is a huge identifier in my opinion i don't have a study on it but that's an identifier of one of the reasons we are having issues as a whole no doubt um i actually was speaking
1: to a oh my god i cannot think again i'm not trying to give anybody a free plug so i would just say they were a fitness team for any type of career that is stressful so military police fire EMS, anything along that line. And they actually have the statistics and numbers in regards to how we sleep, how we eat, because it cannot be consistent. What you do at home cannot possibly be what you do at the firehouse. You can't control when you're going to get the calls. Um, You know, you, you have a day where you get to sleep through the entire night. And then you have days where you're up every 30 to 45 minutes. Right. Um, so that plays a large part. So what they try to do is create a system where it, since it can't be consistent for seven days a week, we try to make it where it's consistent based on your schedule. So how you get a nap, you know, studies have shown, according to this particular group of people, that right after lunch is the best time to nap. Anywhere from 25 minutes to two hours. Okay. Um, and again... At some point i get you that information maybe you can put it in your comments or whatever absolutely and I, i think that that's a major plus but they went all they did as far as the sleep study uh nutrition study exercise study um and it's i think it's awesome I think it's one of the most awesome things in the world. And I've actually reached out to the chief of training. I haven't had a chance to sit down and have a real conversation with him, but to see if we can possibly get a pilot program and bring that particular company in and do some studies within the city Um,
0: because I think that would be a big plus. I I agree with you because we we have to solve every problem, but we have to solve that problem in particular. Our members taking their own lives is not is not good it's not what we want to happen um let's talk let's 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 go on a little bit so we know where you're from you told us where you're from as a kid and where the firehouse was behind you can you let's let's talk a little bit more about where where you're from um where you're at now in the job and career okay um
1: where i'm from so specifically from roland the 60628 area uh, 117th Street to be exact. Like I said, I went to Curtis Elementary School uh, right there on State and 115th Street. Uh, I actually got my degree in 60628. A lot of people can't say that, but I, I'm actually an alumni of Chicago State University, which is right there on 95th, uh, right off King Drive. Yep. So like I say, I, I grew up um, right here in the city. I have, I have military background, um, Illinois Army National Guard. I actually went to basic training six days after I graduated from high school. Um, Once I came back, I was part of the 178, first of the 178 infantry, Mm -hmm. uh, right there on 55th and Cottage Grove. Um, So, again, I am a city boy. Uh, I lived in Irvine, California for two years while I was studying IT, it, where I got a lot of certifications in my other life as far as Microsoft, security, messaging, Uh, Cisco. I was actually a CCMP, which is... Cisco Certified Network Professional. Again, like I said, another life. Not trying to get into that crap. Yeah, uh, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, hey, it's it's life. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, so I I did that, but I am definitely grown here. Uh, currently I live in Ashburn, right next to Hayes Park on eighty fourth Place. Got right. Um, and I, I I like it. You know, it's different. Um, again, you kind of force me into social economic conversations to a degree, but coming from Roseland. Um, which again, my parents moved there when I was six months old. So I saw that place when I came up, it was beautiful. People do not realize how wonderful, like Roseland was ridiculous. When you went down Michigan Avenue, every store, anything that you want to buy was there. They had its own movie theaters. People still go there and get the donuts from you know, good old-fashioned. They still go there. Okay, But we had the Woolworths there, the Gateleaf there, the Herman uh, Army Surplus there, A&P Deli was there. Uh, tourist Flavor, the ice cream parlor. Woolworth had a ice cream parlor where it actually sat outside, where you could see outside with this big glass window. You sit and eat ice cream. It was beautiful. Um, then the 80s came, and crack came, okay. and yeah. you was on one side or the other, nine times out of ten, depending on the age group you were talking about, you were either selling or using. Yep. And I honestly saw that neighborhood go from sugar to shit within five to 10 years
0: and yeah. no exaggeration. And that happened to a, a lot of our neighborhoods and not in as everyone knows, I'm from Ohio originally, so I didn't get the opportunity to see all of that outstanding stuff that you're talking about. That was um, in Rosa neighborhood, but it hit us the exact same way. Um, New York, Detroit, Cleveland, Chicago, just Midwest, East Coast cities. It just hit us like a ton of bricks. And it, it still has its impact today. It's just different types of drugs, but it still hits us to this day. And those are conversations for that, that we could have like part one, two, three, oh yeah no doubt (laughs) of an episode about that real quick on on that note though yeah let me
1: show you how uncommon it was for the type of crime that we see in that area now Uh uh-huh from then can't remember the exact year but time life magazine ran a story about yummy sandiford you might have heard that name before
0: yeah he was an 11
1: year old boy who was assassinated by gang members, right? Not just
0: killed, Assassinate, assassinated. I'm it. saying that right. word specifically right. for on a very pu- specific reason. On purpose. That's what I want to. He highlight. was a
1: kid that you know lived the life that he was living, but what he ended up doing was shooting a innocent girl while she was jumping rope on the street, because his actions brought so much heat to the gang members, drug dealers in that area. Mm-hmm. They took him under the metro tracks, which is still there, the electric line over there on 107th and I can't remember the name of the street. It started with a D. Okay. Under the tracks, gag bound them, shot them in the back of the head. Yep. This can this made a national periodical. There is so much crime that goes on in this area now that they couldn't possibly report on all of it. No,
0: yeah. You, you, you yeah. know what
1: I'm saying? Yeah. But think about the just... The difference from then, this was the nineties. Right. From then to now, when they wrote that article, ninety percent of all Roseland residents owned their property, mm-hmm. meaning they were mortgage holders. Yeah. if not free and clear, the majority of the area now is rented out.
0: Yep, owned by investors. Owned by yep, owned by somebody else, and so. people just and. Man, you're giving us a lot to chew on <laughs> because that's a whole, that's another conversation about yes. renters versus owners and how people treat their property and no just how the entire area responds to that. I mean, Chicago is a city of neighborhoods, and yes. those neighborhoods come together to make a grand city. And in different places you can do different things, but in that neighborhood, there, right, like you said, we're not, we're not seeing the ownership. So let's speak to that because I know that's another big. Thing for you that we want to talk about we want to delve into so give me the what behind the other ventures that you're trying that oh, we're not trying to, but you're, that you're doing
1: oh yeah this is this is great i love to talk about this so i recently just started my first business actual business registered in the state the whole nine yards so i'm that it's called dtb real estate investment firm uh it stands for down to business um and what we're doing right now, we're what people would normally call buying and flipping, um, buying houses and adding value, putting money into them and selling them. Again, I'm looking for people to have home ownership. Uh, at some point, I will be renting, buying homes and whatever building I buy, I plan on adding value to it, okay. making it better than what it is when I purchased it. Um, and at that point, I'll be renting out to other people. The reason why this is so big to me, uh, I really believe that in this country, we look at real estate weird, different now. Um, back in the day, property ownership was a big thing. To say that I own property, this, 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 that was an establishment for you and your family. That was a real big to-do. And now it seems like, renting or leasing or whatever the case may be, just to get out of the responsibility of being a homeowner is a lot more um, palatable or right. desirable. Yes, And I really wanna bring that awareness. I I mean, to the point where I don't believe you should own one property. Nobody, if you own, everybody should have two properties. Okay, And the reason why is why pay your own mortgage? At the end of the day, you are in the real estate game one way or the other. That's guaranteed. Mm-hmm. The question is on what side of the cash register. Are you <laughs> Period. going to be the owner? Or are you a, or going buyer? to collect or are you going to give it? Okay. If one way or the other. And even if you are a homeowner, why pay your own mortgage? Why not get a building and allow that to pay for yourself? Okay. Again, how much extra headache is it for you to... Sign your name, even though mortgage papers, they are scary because it's like 75,000 of them that you initial yeah. and then you sign at least 200, yeah. but it, it, it's still worth it because now you have more of a voice because you actually own more property. Okay. So if you're really trying to bring your area up and you're really trying to do something for a community, I think one of the first things to, to really start looking at is your mindset
0: and when it comes to property ownership. I love that. Mindset is a huge thing. That's, you know, you got to get your thoughts together to be able to get in that mode. So speaking of that, I remember when we first started talking about this, I said, oh, that's a great idea. That's what's up. And you said, yeah, but you're not my target market. <laughs> and I was like, well, damn. <laughs> so um, let's talk about who your target market is and who, who are you aiming for? Who are we talking to?
1: Well, First, let's deal with what I said to you specifically. Mm -hmm. You're not my target market because mindset wise, we are very similar. Now, again, I believe I can introduce you to something. So
0: now you turn it into a compliment. It is a compliment, (laughs) man. I'm I'm just joking. (laughs) I'm just messing
1: with you. I honestly believe I can introduce you to something, give you a thin slice of whatever it is. And you are a research person. You're very much like me. You're going to follow up and read and blah, 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 and go from that point. Um, Besides that. Uh, I think we are not that far away in age. I am looking specifically more towards millennials. I, I don't want to say that I gave up on my generation because mm-hmm. I haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe that my generation needs to see examples of people winning in exactly the way that I'm talking about winning. We, m- My generation is a very Missouri generation. Show me. Show me. Yeah. Show show me. me. You can't tell me about it. Yeah. You literally have to show it to me. So, what I'm realizing based on my, my, I guess my age, me being looked at, which is, this is so hard for me to say, uh, elder ugh, to, um, <laughs> the millennial generation that I, I have more, uh, more of a voice with them. Okay. And when I see them, I, I, man, I breathe real estate into them because I really ownership means so much. And I, I really would like to get them out of the mindset of I'm just going to be okay in this apartment or oh, I'm gonna be okay in mom's basement. Shame on you if you're in mom's basement. Get out of mom's basement.
0: Let's let's we gotta do better. Call to action. That's right. Get out get out of the basement. Get man. out the basement. Get some places. <laughs> but yeah, I, I totally understand that. Um where specifically is there any area? I mean you, you you got the business, you got it going. Is there any area that you're trying to do this in or any any place you're trying to pitch more to than not?
1: Um, any area specifically, no. And, and the the reason why I'm focusing mainly in Chicago, I mean like 95% of my business is in the city. Okay. Um, of course, if there's opportunities outside the city where I can see it, it will help, that would completely be economical. Mm-hmm. But think then the city is really, for me, it's more social. Um, the Roseland community again, I, I'm so attached to 60628, it's not funny. Um, the six hundred six one nine area, the Woodlawn area, I, I believe that's a beautiful area as far as renting. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity there to bring up blocks. You 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 made the comment that Chicago is a city of communities. Really, Chicago is really a city of blocks. Because honestly, you yeah. could be on one block and it'd be the most beautiful, well kept, well manicured neighborly everybody waving at you block and you can turn the corner and it look like beirut yeah you to it's next the weirdest over. thing in the entire world mm-hmm. um but these are it's still opportunities in those areas and again bringing up the mindset of how important where you live and making sure it is maintained and cared for uh, i really want to try to infuse that into the area so again 60628 i i do things via zip code that's based on
0: that's fine (laughs) that's
1: That's. a lot of that comes from another life when i work for fedex but 60628 (laughs) um, 60652 which is actually where I, i live now in ashburn again that's a more of a middle class uh should i say working class community you get a lot of firefighters police officers teachers postal workers in that area and again Because I live there, I do have a self-interest in it because if I can make my property go from two hundred thousand to three hundred thousand, that's a beautiful thing. Why not? Right. Why not?
0: (laughs) Well, experiences are what make you. And you I was just reading a book about this and how you make you incorporate it. And those experiences, your other life, you talking in you to area codes—that that that's awesome to me. I like that. The other thing that you said that I appreciate is you're right. It is a, a series of blocks. I mean, if you break it down even smaller, true, we have our different neighborhoods: um, Chatham, Woodline, Paulman, oh, yeah. Roseland. But you're right. You go one block over, it looks great. You come to one block the other way. Uh oh, we in trouble. And that's, right. that's one of the. It's not a difference. That's. I feel like that's just something we see in our communities because that's the exact same way it was for my old department, my old city that I lived in, East Cleveland. We had, you, it was called going up the hill. You go up the hill, it's (laughs) mansions. You come back down that hill, they, uh-oh, where we at? And when I came here and I worked on the west side, we have a street on the west side that is, beautiful like you have to be in a homeowner's association you can't mm. change the roof without having um written permission things like that oh wow then okay. you go the next block over and again it's all oh, man we we in trouble you better put our hands in our pockets and walk real <laughs> fast so I, I i appreciate you saying that you you're right to get me together um well, we kind of went through everything. We know all the stuff, the who, what, where, when, why, how you how you get there. Is that well, actually, let's talk about that. Is there another how as to how are you going to get this done? How are you feel like you are going towards this movement?
1: Well, stage one is actually, again, the procurement of the properties trying to bring up these neighborhoods again. Economically, you got to think if you want a political voice, you have to have something that the politicians are looking for in regards to their interests. Uh, You know, unfortunately, they should be representing us without that requirement, but that's not always the case. So, again, I'm not going to pretend like I live in this utopia. Um, You you have to have something there. Uh, Once we can actually get a, a better grip or better grasp on real estate ownership, and caring for our community we can actually go and start requesting almost demanding from aldermans and 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 politicians to start taking care of these areas bringing commerce into these areas providing things in these areas that don't require us to leave that we can actually have pride in again there, there's so much that didn't happen in just this year 2020 has been one hell of a year Yeah. um that, that shows that the the businesses in these communities are not taking care of the people in these communities. They are getting paid from them, but they are not taking care of them. And I I don't like to point fingers. I believe the the problem is the collective of everybody, um, the businesses as far as their mentality, the politicians not stepping up doing their job, and the communities not stepping up requiring more out of these places as well as showing that they care about their own neighborhoods and communities. It's, it's a collective of wrong. Um, but once we can again change the mindset and do better I believe we can put a lot more political pressure to get us the help that we need
0: in these areas. Period. So, so it sounds to me like and it's one of my favorite things to promote is ownership. You're Without saying not the ownership of the homes, but you're saying self-ownership of the person within themselves to get their mindset together to be able to tackle these issues and tackle these problems. Yes, so that's instead right. instead of pointing the finger all the time, we can have some ownership within ourselves.
1: Accountability. Being Accountability. responsible. Yeah. Yes. You, you have to, the very first thing you have to look at with any problem is what part do I play in a problem? Okay,
0: that's that's what I love to hear. That's what I try and say to myself, and anytime I see an issue, that's how I try to approach it, try that's and right. fix me first before I can that's go right. fixing everybody else. Mike said, man in the mirror. That's right. Okay, I'm with that. <laughs> now, one other quick thing, um, then we'll go to something else. Okay. Um, Being somebody from another city. Here, what it seems like is people are really – invested and married to the neighborhoods or the communities that they're already in. Like for me, it's so crazy that there are people who live on the West side that have never been to the South side and, it's, and vice versa. It's people on the South side. They never been out West. And you mention that to them. They're like, Oh no, nah. it, it, it's just like you saying a bad word. What do you think? Well, I know like people are usually set ways. They have studies to show people end up dying. Like, not even seven miles from when they were, where they were born. Mm-hmm. But what do you think could promote some of the moving around in our neighborhoods for us? Because, mm-hmm. like today, I talked to you, I said, Yeah, we got to go up north to do this. Oh, I'm not familiar with up there.
1: Yeah, true. This is true.
0: <laughs> and I, when I moved here, I stayed up north. Now I live south. I worked on the west side. So I feel like I have a firm grasp on. The majority of the city, and I only think that's because I'm from somewhere else. I agree. What about the people who are here? Do you think Do you think that's a good thing, a bad thing? Just give me your thoughts on it. Oh, it's an absolute positive, horrible thing. It okay, is, it's, <laughs> it's the
1: most ridiculous thing in the world. The Chicago is actually the place for us to have two baseball teams. Is probably the dumbest thing in the world because everything in Chicago, you you try to find a reason to separate and be different so you you get the south side team which is the Sox, and again i'm, I'm kind of making light of it but i get more serious in a second okay you get the south side team which is the Sox, and then you get the north side team which is the cubs and they're actually fans that will fist fight each other over who's the best team it's the most ridiculous unbelievable thing in the entire freaking planet but i've seen it <laughs> exactly it's yes. unreal i've seen it um But on a more serious note, Chicago, probably outside of Philadelphia. I learned this when I I, I moved to California for the two years I was there. I was actually in Irvine, California, so I was right by Laguna Beach, Newport Beach. I was 45 minutes away from L.A. and an hour away from San Diego. So I was like smack dead in the middle of a lot of great stuff going on. Um, Living there... Actually, show me that you can actually be in a community where there's multiple types of people in the same freaking community. Okay, and you live just fine. There was everything there. We didn't look at them. We didn't identify Caucasian people as Caucasian. We identified them from where they were from. They were Irish, or they were Italian, or they were Croatian, or they were English, or from where. You knew exactly what their background was Mm -hmm. here. We're not going that far. Black, white, yeah. Christian, Muslim, yeah. Male, female,
0: mm-hmm.
1: cub, sock. It's the dumbest thing in the entire world. So once you get into a, you grow up in an environment everywhere else is the devil that's why you don't know the west side you don't know the north side if you go to the west side oh it was a club called the bucket of blood and they was cutting off people's (laughs) heads and dude this is a real story i'm telling you this i grew up with this mess in my mind Uh uh-huh you don't go to the north side because they don't want you up there and this i was like dude are you freaking serious yeah you have to be willing to expose yourself to more and but in this city. You are literally breaking out of a mindset that you learn as a adolescent. Yes, you, I, and it's not hard. I know I am an anomaly when it comes to the way that I think, just from the people that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And I talk to these people on the, on a normal basis, and I always had to catch myself like I can't really get into an argument with you because I know you. You don't. You
0: haven't allowed yourself to be exposed the way that I have. It's that mindset. It's the mindset. Yeah, so it's it's hard. First, you have to recognize there's something going on. That's the <laughs> first step. If you don't see a problem, a, hey, it ain't nothing I can say. Yeah, Joe you. says. <laughs> right there, you go. No one is half the battle. No one is half the battle. right. So there you go. I appreciate <laughs> that. Um. All right. DP, we had a, a real great outstanding conversation. Like I said, we can do this forever. No doubt. And I would love to have you back and let's do this again. For sure. Um, let's do this. Can you is there anywhere you want people to contact you for the business, um, for fire? For do you want people to contact you at all? Sure. If you're looking,
1: so real quick, a real a real quick definition. Um, right now, I honestly I honestly just got a text from one of my real estate mentors telling me. House hacking. House hacking is you buying a building in in Illinois. If you buy any building that has less than four units it's still considered single family. You are not looking at a commercial property unless it's five units or more. So house hacking is you buying a property with multiple units, you living in one unit and renting the other ones out. And I literally just got the text saying now is one of the absolute positive best times to house hack. If this is something that you are looking to do, you can contact me. My number is 773-633-0717. We'll go over a whole bunch of different things. If you don't worry about your credit, don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that it won't play a part, but we can get you where you need to be. And we can go from there. So, uh, again, if you're interested in doing it, um, give me a holler. Uh, and we can go from there. If you're just interested in getting a turnkey property where you're looking to rent out something to uh, better your income, get your money out the bank, that's a whole nother conversation and put it into something that's really going to make you some money again you can contact me. Same number, 773-633-0717.
0: Any email, any social medias? Uh, No, not yet.
1: Again, real estate is actually a very antiquated, they kind of like the fire department. They like paper. Um, So (laughs) we, we we are getting better with it. Uh, There's a lot of platforms that, that, are app related, you know, especially, you know, with the Zillow, Redfin, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. The problem with those things are they are not regulated. So when you're talking to an agent, you're talking to real people that's in real estate, they are regulated to update the MLS. It have to be in real time. Those places, they, they have you looking at properties that's been sold for two, three years. Okay. So don't buy into that too much. Okay. Uh, and again, this is something you wouldn't know unless you actually
0: into the business, so. Okay. Well that's 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 all outstanding. Um one last time. Let's get that number one just to make sure. Sure. 773-633-0717. That's Daryl Payne. Daryl Payne. There you go. Or DP. Or DP. Send him a send him a text, let him know you calling in advance. That's right. All right. <laughs> Daryl, thank you very much for being my guest. Oh, thank you for having me, man. This was fun. Um, when you get a chance, if you're listening to this show and you're this far into it please like rate review subscribe all of that good stuff i'm trying to get the department 3c presents a podcast going on a large scale so please help me do that i appreciate you taking the time to listen to me and until the next episode everybody be safe be safe out there this has been a fire and iron media production you have something to say people want to listen how's that daddy